This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Paul Casey on the line. Hey, Paul, how are you? Fantastic. Over here in eastern Washington state. That's great. It's uh, actually it was sunny in Toronto, which I know for a lot of people that are familiar with this area, that doesn't happen much at the time of this recording, which is in <laughs> February. Uh, but uh, I looked out the window just a few minutes ago before jumping on here, and it's snowing sideways. So um, uh, the sun was a, it was a cameo appearance. And uh, so um, I'm, we're kind of used to that. That's why, you know, for most of the year, I, I get my vitamin D out of a bottle. And whenever I can get to a uh, a sunny destination, I take advantage of that. So again, great, great for you to be on the show. And today I want to talk about, you know, and you do a lot of different things. You're, you've been speaking for quite a long time and you, you talk about a lot of different things, leadership and whatnot. But today I think one message I think that really resonates with you and with me as well is, is time management and, and really helping people take back control of, of their life. Because I, I see too many people trying to do 20 hours of work in a four hour time span and not accomplish anything and make mistakes and hate life and are miserable. And then they go to bed and wake up and they do it all over again. And they're going, why is this not working? Uh, so let's talk about that today. So w what interested you in, in learning about and in, in talking about time management? Well, it started way back with my mom being a teacher, and so she was always busy, always intentional with her time. Even while watching TV, she was making bulletin boards and grading papers. And uh, so then I became a teacher following in uh, my, both of my parents' footsteps. And we both have that industrious side of us. I, I teach four personality types, you know, and the, it's the beaver style uh, is the industrious one. And then I, uh, when I was in my first job as a teacher, my principals saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and that was le leadership and he asked me to be his vice principal part-time and teach PE half the day and I thought wow I, that's a stretch I wasn't didn't ever have that pictured in my mind and one day I walked into his office he uh, his office looked like a bomb hit it just piles all over the place I don't even know how he was organized at all and I said hey can I can I take a shot at that and he's like sure go knock yourself out I'm going on a conference so I, I, I put everything in piles by reading material and memos, the day of memos, and, and other kinds of uh, like invoices, the stuff that was overdue and past due. And I came back and like, ta-da, presented it all to him. Now you can be productive. Well, it just took a few weeks before he was back to his old ways. But I did find something that day, Michael, that was uh, life-changing. And that was this uh, pamphlet called The Organized Executive. And it was a time management pamphlet about eight pages long and it was all these time management hacks and I totally nerded out on it and so every time I read it he said I could have it and every time I, he, I read it I got a new hack and I would try it out to see if it worked while I was in leadership and just over time I just kept studying it and just kept getting drawn to uh, helping people with their time management. I remember seeing that document a while ago and it's it's timeless it, and it's even in this day of instant everything online access smartphones and whatnot the principles are there and it's crucial for people to 
you know, learn the hacks that work for them. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people, when they first hear somebody say, okay, time management, they think, okay, here's this, you, you know, turn your, your keyboard at, you know, 90 degrees, do this, have your mouse approximately eight inches from here. And, you know, it's like, no, 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 it's let's you know, meet them where they're at and figure out, okay, this is what works for you. Like for me, you know, I, I tell people, successful mornings and I say you know start your day off the right way but a lot of people think okay you want me to get up at 4 a.m and go to the gym and do this and this like no if, if you should be active if you want to work out in the morning great if you're better at working out in the evening or in the afternoon great whatever works for you but use something that works for you and the same thing with with managing your time is figuring out how to manage it so you know what are some of the things that you teach people about how to approach better you know, management of their time. Yeah, I have a model called the, uh, the Fulcrum Framework for Focus. A lot of F words, but they're all positive ones. And the, the Fulcrum concept is of a teeter-totter. I went to a seminar years ago about burnout, and it was a guy that was totally burned out. He had to go to a monastery even to uh, sort of flush and defrag and just be silent forever. He said he only escaped once to look at his phone, but... It was, it was a pretty funny seminar that he did, but it was serious, you know, it was serious. And I know you talk on burnout too. And so he said, it's not work-life balance. So picture the teeter-totter, work on one side, life on the other. You'll never get it completely balanced because in three seconds, you'll be off balance again. But he said, think about the fulcrum, slide it to work or to life where it's needed most. Uh, and and try, don't do it equally, just do it where it's needed most. So I've taken that little fulcrum or that triangle and uh, made a model out of that where you start with the foundation and then you determine what matters most. What are your priorities? Then uh, how do you set up your calendar, uh, some habits for your calendar? And then you move towards daily managing that. That's the self-discipline of uh, uh, just staying on top of it. And then how do you avoid those barriers for or those interrupters or distractors in your life? Because as soon as you make a plan, you know, life punches you in the face. So you've got to have a, a responsive plan. So the first step, uh, if you want to get to the hacks uh, right away, the, the ones that changed my life, the first one was to, at the end of today, plan out your top three priorities for tomorrow. And it becomes sort of this, this daily preview, daily review, preview. If you work nine to five, you know, it would be the 4.30 preview, some people call it. Whatever that last 30 minutes is before you call it a day. And you take that time and you stop what you're doing and you say, my day is over, now let's look at tomorrow. What are my three things that I just have to get done? I'd be frustrated if I didn't get these three things done tomorrow. And by doing that, you are able to now transition into your life life uh, of your hobbies or your family. Um, and then you go to sleep, you know, thinking I, tomorrow I know when I get to work, I've got a plan. And your brain actually works on stuff while you're sleeping. So you actually get an additional benefit and sometimes in the shower, you wake up with a great idea like, aha, I know what I'm going to do. And it's because you've been thinking about it all night subconsciously. So that's my first one. Yeah, those are crucial. And I, I find the same thing where, you know, when you're thinking about something, and even for me, so occasionally I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll go, oh, that thought came to mind. Where'd that come from? So I'll write it down. You know, I don't try to, yes. you know, go to the computer or anything like that. I just like, let me just write a note and a couple things. So tomorrow morning when I you know, fully wake up, I can look at the note and go, all right, what, is, what did I write there? What, you know, I used to work in healthcare. So my, my handwriting kind of adopted after doctors. So occasionally <laughs> I look at it, I'm like, 
what in the world does that say? And I don't remember. I'm like, I'll keep it and maybe it'll come to me. Otherwise, well, it's gone in the ether forever. But I do that because then it's like, okay, there's, there's something there. That clarity came about because of me calming myself enough to be able to have that mm. thought come to mind. That's, you know, like you hear it and you use the analogy on the shower, ideas come to mind. And it's when you're in that state where you are, you just, you're pretty much present. I mean, although some of us, I'm sure go on autopilot when we, you know, take our showers and whatnot, but there's, your mind is, you know, working through some things and it'll, it'll flush it out. And it actually makes, uh, you know, great, great sense when, you know, those things come on. So, yeah. So what are some of the other techniques that, uh, that you utilize? Yeah. The second one I would say is, um, and make appointments with yourself. This is this was a game changer. It's also called time blocking by many other productivity experts. But it's where uh, like I didn't I didn't like the legal pad of to do list, which most people have. I saw it as sort of a I don't want to do list, <laughs> and so I would only look for the things on there that were easy or fun, and uh, just to cross those off and get that shot of dopamine, you know, as I went ah and crossed that thing off my list. But I wasn't getting the big things done. So um, I don't know where I got, where I heard the idea, but it was to actually go into your calendar, take that thing on your to-do list and put it in a time block, nine o'clock AM. I am going to start writing performance review on Jenny, you know, or whatever that is. And you, you allocate, overestimate the time it's going to take to do it and make the block. And then when that comes at nine o'clock, you drop everything, unless there's somebody in your face and you, you actually do that task as if you were meeting someone in a coffee shop which of course you would never stand somebody up intentionally in a coffee shop and go, I'm not going to come, you know, and then you would lose friends uh, or clients very easily if you did that. But why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we not respect ourselves enough to stick to those time blocks that we've carved out for ourselves? So that's a big one. Yeah. The, the time block and I do something similar and the people I work with, um, an exercise, uh, and again, and thank you for the, the, the lead in on the burnout, uh, topic is, yeah, it's typically who I work with is people that are, you know, either really burned out or rapidly approaching it. And one of the common things I see is, you know, they don't schedule time with themselves like you do. And the key thing that flushed out for me as well, not only are they not scheduling time with themselves, they're not doing things in life that they enjoy. They've just completely cut it out of their life. Yeah. So I have people exercise, whether it's in workshops or, you know, conferences or in one-on-one is I have people you know, take a sheet of paper and draw a vertical line down the middle of it. And on the left side, I have them list several things that they really enjoy doing. They love, it could be coffee shop, going to the movies, dinner with friends, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just list all the things that they look forward to and they enjoy and they give them a few minutes. And then after that, uh, I say, okay, now on the right side of those items, write down the last time you did them. Mm. And they moan every time in a room. It doesn't matter if there's 10 people or a thousand people. I hear groans and moans. And those are self-reflecting because they realize I'm not doing things in my life that I like to do. And, and I ask them, why aren't you doing this? And they say, I don't have time. And I literally, I just, I know they're going to say it. And I, I just like, I'm sitting back and uh, yep, like, okay. It's like, I've go to the store a lot and I still haven't found that 26 hour clock anywhere. We all have the 24 hour edition. 
And thankfully, I, I know how to do military time working in healthcare for a bit. You know, most of the clocks in hospitals are that anyway. But uh, ultimately, I said, okay, you need to start doing things in your life that you enjoy. And I use the exercise similar to you, you know, booking an appointment with yourself is okay, let's, let's pick two things and let's find some time on your calendar in the next couple of weeks and, and do those and don't miss them. Don't push them off unless you absolutely have to go do that and start doing that again. And cause it, it you know, using your, your teeter totter example, that's, that goes hand in hand with that because otherwise you're just all at work and you're on the ground. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting there or, you know, decaying quite frankly. Um, so, and I love that exercise. It makes it perfect sense. And I highly encourage people, you know, take some time on your calendar and, and do stuff for you, whatever it happens to be, even if it's staring at a wall and not doing anything just to reflect and, and look, look upon how, you know, awesome your life is. Um, take that yeah, opportunity I, to do it. That, that's really good. I do an activity too, probably similar to yours, where it's a, it's a sheet of what I want more in my life right now. And it's about 30 words. And it's, it could be anything from affection to vision to energy or uh, affirmation, whatever it is they need more of. And they circle as many words as just pops in their head that, at that time. Like, yeah, I feel a deficit in that area. And then I, then I, I, I coach them through, like, how, how are you going to get that more in your life? A second exercise I'll do with them is, uh, what's your life one year from now? What do you want it to look like? Your one-year vision. And boy, that's really powerful because they haven't taken the time. Most people haven't taken the time to figure that out one year from now. And I said, dream big. You know, what, what, else, what else can you put on there? And then we can sort of back into it with the time management strategies that will have them, you know, you were just talking about intentionality is really what you were talking about is how can you be intentional about getting to that, that, uh, that blue sky state that you have now mapped out for your life. That's a great exercise. And I tell people, you know, when you do type goal planning and whatnot, and I tell them, yeah, go big, go absolutely insane big. And they say, well, I don't think I can hit that. So you don't know unless you try. And also you can, you know, using a Steve Jobs analogy, okay, what do you want in a year? All right, work backwards. Where are you at now? Work backwards and figure out what steps you need to take. And I tell them, okay, let's say you get 80% of the way there. What's your life going to look like if you've hit 80% of the goal that you're approaching? And they say, my life would be absolutely transformed and amazing. Okay. That's awesome. That means you've got a really good goal and you, you see it as being attainable. And I think that's a big thing. It, yes, it's going to be a stretch, but you know, it, it, as people know with diamonds, you know, it's a rock and you know, okay, great. This is a rock. And well, once you refine it, then it turns into a very overpriced rock, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. Um, okay. <laughs> so what's the, what's the next step that you help people with? I would say you need to front load, those priorities. So it's, it's the old, I have, I have people do the old Stephen Covey quadrant. I think it's called the Eisenhower matrix. That's its official name, but it's the urgent important matrix, you know, with the four quadrants and the quadrant two one is the one that's not urgent, but it's important. If you leave it for too long, it's going to bite you. If, if you choose to do it, it's going to move the ball forward, but no one is in your face yelling at you to write a thank you note, you know, or professionally develop today. You know, it's just sort of funny to think about someone running in and telling you to do that. 
there's nothing urgent about it, but boy, are they important tasks. So I tell people to put those into your calendar first and, and definitely front load into the morning because we're all procrastinators at some level. Uh, hi, my name is Paul and I'm a procrastinator. You know, so even though I teach this stuff, I still procrastinate something almost every day um, because it's, not, it's, it's hard. It's hard to have that self-discipline. But if we can get on it right away, most people's prime time is 10 to 12 in the morning. Not everybody, but most people say that's their most creative or critical thinking time to put their tasks is just get at it right away and it's gonna start a snowball, a positive snowball of productivity for the rest of the day. You'll be amazed at all the little things you get done when you've gotten your three big priorities done by that time. I really believe afternoons are runaway trains. I love that quote, afternoons are runaway trains and that's, that's when you just keep dragging those big priorities into the afternoon and then what happens, you know, you. Your, your, uh, your kid calls you from school saying, you got to pick me up, dad. You know, you're like, ah, or, or your boss says, I need this by five. And you start to freak out because now you're like, now I can't get my priorities done again, loser. You know, and you, and you, you beat yourself up for procrastinating yet one more time. So if you front load in the morning, that's going to help you uh, set that tone for productivity. I've even heard it said, you know, make your bed first thing in the morning because that, uh, you know, 15 second task is going to already start you in that productivity mindset. Yeah, I've, yeah, I follow that. I make, make the bed. My better half um, never really did. So um, she's given in. She goes, okay, I know he's just going to make the bed. That's fine. <laughs> it's, 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 it didn't end up in a war or anything like that. But yeah, I know that, you know, Brian Tracy wrote that book, Eat the Frog. Yes, or, I love that book. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where if I see something, I'm like, ugh. And I'll think of it like, okay, it's time. Let's let's eat this frog and get it over with. And I will say, at least personally speaking, that the majority of the time, two things happen. Number one, I realize it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And two, the relief that I feel that it's done is just amazing. And I can then go on to the next two or three things that I want to accomplish for the day. And I agree with you with my energy level. My mornings are task. I don't want to say heavy because I don't load up my days, but I, I, I tend to steer anything that involves a lot of brain power and thinking and, and creativity in the morning. And then my afternoons, the runaway train is a great example. Uh, a lot of people end up getting their, momentum and they're trying to wrap some things up so that's when i find i tend to have more interruptions in the afternoons than i do the mornings mm -hmm. so so i end up doing that way and then for a long time i used to go into the office a lot earlier than anybody else just so i could get the stuff done before anybody else showed up um, yeah and and then i adapted to that a little bit it's like i don't need to get up that early because what it was doing is i realized it was making my days a lot longer than they needed to be because i mm -hmm. wasn't able to leave early because there were still things that needed oh, okay. to be done. Yeah. And I thought, okay, nice concept for me, but it's actually burning me out. And I thought, okay, let's, let's change this. And it, it's made a big difference. And I just, you know, like I said, you, and what you do is, you know, pick two or three things that you want to get done and work on those and do mm -hmm. your best to stay dedicated and deep work. You know, Cal Newport wrote that book, deep work. Yes. It, it'd go into it and just, do those things and get it done finish there's something to be said about finishing things and, yeah, and there's fin something 
and, and when you feel guilty when you don't, that's a horrible feeling to live in is you know, I still didn't do it. I still don't have it. Or I need to, I need to, or I got to get, you know, get someone to do that or boy, living in that. Um, I think, I think it's Brian Tracy calls it someday aisle. Like don't live on someday aisle. Like someday I'll do that hobby or someday I'll write that report. You know, don't live there because it's like the eighth day of the week, you know, it never comes. Or the 25th hour, you know, it's the like 25th no, hour. Yeah. It never shows up. So, uh, is there anything else you think that you know, people need to you know, focus on when they want to tackle um, the time management that works for them? Yeah, a couple, a couple shorter tips. Uh, one would be to uh, you know, do one thing at a time. I know that sounds like a duh, but multitasking is very overrated. Um, they say that only 2% of the population can actually do that. And you, know, you might be in that 2%, but odds are you're not uh, in that. Your brain can only process one thought at a time. That's when people say, you know, I'm going to watch this webinar and I'm going to do my budget. You know, it's like, mm, no, your brain's either in the budget or in the webinar at that moment. So I, I like to think of multitasking as messing up two things at once. So you're actually lowering your quality instead of thinking you're, you're trying to get ahead. So if you've got a lot of tabs open on your computer, it's so small that you can only see like a dot or one letter, that, that might mean you have got a problem with this and you just need to take care of that task, close the tab, take care of the task, close the tab. Because we tend to make mistakes um, when we get interrupted and we don't finish stuff with quality. So that's one. Um, delegation's a big one. If you're in a leadership role, you don't, your shoulders aren't big enough to carry everything yourself. So you've got to change your mindset from, you know, I, I heard uh, Simon Sinek in his new book, uh, The Infinite Game. He, he talks about leaders are responsible for the people who are responsible for the results. And that's, this is a mind shift for a lot of producers who become leaders. They think they're responsible for the results. Well, yeah, maybe ultimately, but their, their number one focus should be on the people. And so we've got to offload some stuff uh, that anybody can do just as well as we can, maybe even better. Um, and we got to train them well enough that they can do it as well as we can, or maybe they've got a better way. So delegation's a big one. And then I'll give you one more, and that's the uh, go with your biorhythms for the day. So not everyone is a morning person. There are uh, night owls that may not help you at work all the time, but uh, there are afternoon people. I'm an afternoon person. Like, give me a good one o'clock meeting. I'm like, yeah. Everybody else is like, what? Maybe it takes me that long to ramp up, you know, and then I, everything after that is, uh, is ramping down. But uh, we, we all have a different biorhythm. I, they call it a chronotype as well. You can go on and take a survey, uh, a book called The Power of When. Uh, you can do thepowerofwhenquiz.com and you can find out which animal uh, you are with your chronotype, your sleep pattern, and when you are best uh, on your game, bring, bring in your A game. So it's important to put those critical tasks in that sweet spot. It feels like you're doubling your impact when you do. Yeah, there's so much gold in what you've said. You know, I agree. The multitasking is just an absolute disaster and you're trying to use both sides of your brain and often that just doesn't work. Um, the delegation, uh, I was horrible at delegation before my own burnout story. And afterwards, you know, the pendulum has definitely swung in the other direction where now anything that lands on my desk, my first look at it is okay. Who besides me could do this? Mm -hmm. And if someone could do it, the next step, which initially it wasn't that step, but after that, it's like, okay, 
what else have I given that person? Is this going to overwhelm them by handing them this particular thing? Or can we utilize, you know, the Eisenhower you know, method and go, okay, wh where does this land? And, and figure that out. And I was working with a client the other day and something came in that was uh, important and urgent. That was a strong time commitment as far as a grant application that uh, a government agency typically likes to let you know about grant funding and they give you about five seconds to get the application in. So, um, and of course they want 400 hours worth of documentation to put it with it. So um, I, I'm not a big fan of how they do that, but I, I recognize that's the game. Uh, but that's, you know, again, one of those examples of, you know, learning to delegate and delegate right. And, you know, the biorhythms thing is something that resonates with me as well. Because I think people go through their work days and their lives and they're doing things that don't line up with their energy levels at that time. Figure out where your energy is during the day. Figure out, and I'll, and I'll definitely have in the show notes that link you shared, figure out what makes you tick, where your energy levels are during the day and align your day with those energy levels. You will find that you will accomplish more and you'll accomplish things easier because you're operating in the rhythm of what the work you're doing is and matching it with the energy levels that are needed to be able to do that. And if you can do that, and it takes time, it's a lot of practice and some days are easier than others, but when you do that, it makes such a huge, huge difference. And it's been amazingly different in my life uh, once I figured out okay, this is when I should do these things and this is when I should book appointments and this is when I should do this. And even my days have themes. You know, I know what I'm going to do typically on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. I, I have, I'm thankful that I'm able to structure my schedule in such a way that I can do those things. And by doing that, I don't have to think per se of, all right, what day is it? okay, it's Wednesday. I know what I'm going to be doing today. Mm. You know, and it, it just, and yes, there can be variances and all of that, but if you can keep those days lined up and structure them that way, you, you just control your life so much easier and you operate in a, sto a state of flow and it just makes, makes it so much easier to get through things. Yeah, that's a good point because some people check their email first thing and then they go down a rabbit hole and they pick their head up an hour and a half later, like, oh my goodness, it's already, you know, whatever, 930, it's already 10. And all I've been doing is putting out fires in email and it actually gets their stress levels up, their blood pressure goes up when they do that. Now, maybe you're in a job where you've got to be reactive and you've got to get on some stuff first thing. But for most people they're in leadership, they can probably uh, ignore that email for a while and hit those priorities first. Uh, then maybe block some time to check emails. So it's reserved just for that. And then maybe stick your meetings in the afternoon or more relational time of leaning on door frames, you know, and asking your people, how are they doing and what are they working on? How can you help? And it just seems like, yeah, you can get in these, uh, you can get in these ideal rhythms. You don't hit it every day, but it's, it's sort of your goal. Yeah. And once you do, it just, it makes the other aspects of managing your time so much easier. It just makes it so much easier for everybody involved. So Paul, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? So um, my website is paulcasey.org. I don't do paulcasey.com because that's the British golfer. Uh, so paulcasey.org uh, is where you can find my stuff on uh, specifically time management related. Uh, I've written a, a little mini book called Maximizing Every Minute. And that is 
Uh, all of my time management hacks are in that book that I've either tried or, or taught. Um, I also have an online program that has different openings uh, throughout the year where we go deep into all these tools that I've talked about. And then um, I have a free gift for your listeners too, Michael, and that is a control my calendar checklist. If you just wanna get control of your calendar and uh, start this time management journey here this year, you can go to takebackmycalendar.com, takebackmycalendar.com, or if you're texting, you can text the word growing to 72,000. So you open a text message to 72000 and text the word growing. That's awesome. And thank you for that. And I'll have that information in the show notes. So Paul, great to connect with you again. Appreciate you and um, love having a, a fellow advocate for people um, taking back their life and, and being able to spend the time the way that they want to spend it because it makes life so much better. Thank you so much. And everybody keep growing forward. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.